After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Baron Gus, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hawaii's largest human resources company, Ultras. During his free time, he can be found putting his imagination to work in design and technology projects. He is a holder of three U.S. patents, including a baby bottle design and a microchip-based radio frequency time and attendance system. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Baron Gus. Welcome to our show, Baron. Thank you for having me. So, Baron, could you tell us how Ultras started and the history behind it? Sure. Really, quite simply, Ultras was started by my father in 1969. He moved our family from New York to Hawaii. Uh, all with the intentions of retiring and sitting on the beach. I think everyone's dream when they move from uh, New York to Hawaii. But unfortunately, money ran out, and he also saw an opportunity. In those days, everything that came to Hawaii was brought in by ship. There weren't UPS. There wasn't FedEx. Airline cargo really wasn't what it is today. And so the uh, shipping companies had large containers that needed to be unloaded. As a result, you needed manpower to do it. And uh, these ships used to come in on what I call a frequent but infrequent basis, meaning that the ships came, would come into town, the loads needed to be unloaded, and then work needed to be dispersed. As a result, my dad founded a company called Labor Services and was all about having peak time uh, labor available to unload these trucks and these container ships and such. And since then, that's the start of it. So it just kind of evolved from there into the PO sure. and all that? Well, it, for many years, we focused on being in the blue-collar labor business. And then little by little, as our, uh, the need expanded in the community, so did the services we provided. So we started with the labor, then we migrated to uh, clerical help, and then technical assistance. And then in 1980, I joined my father. And we were doing something in those days termed payrolling. Large companies like Motorola, Frito-Lay would have people that have worked for them up to the point of 65 years of age. And their internal company policy said those people had to retire in those days. And as a result, they had great people that they wanted to continue to work for them, but they had no means to employ them. So they would do a, what I call a little sneaky thing, and they would reallocate budget dollars that they would have available maybe for temporary help or contingent labor. And they would bring these people back on through our company as temporary employees. So at age 66, they once again would return to Motorola or Frito-Lay or some of these other companies we offered these services for. What age were you when you came to Hawaii? I was nine years old. And then at what age did you realize that you wanted to join your father and be a part of this company as opposed to doing your own thing? Well, I think, as you know, no one necessarily starts out knowing exactly what they wanted to do. I've always been interested, as my bio has shown in aviation, whether it be model aviation or full-scale aviation. I actually went away to college to a school by the name of Embry-Riddle in Florida. And I, there I studied uh, 
aviation technology and received pilot's licenses and those kinds of things. And um, my mother was quite ill at that time, and my siblings had all gone off and started their lives. I'm the last of four children. And um, my dad basically needed some help with the family business while my mother took ill. So he asked me to return to Hawaii and help with the business while he tended to my mother's care. And I think, like many people, once you quit school, it's kind of hard to necessarily go back. But I also at that point realized I really had a passion for the family business. I liked what we did. And uh, it grew. I joined my father. It was my father, myself, and a bookkeeper. And today we have over 130 employees. Before that, were you involved? Before um, you went um, to school at aviation school? Uh, yeah. You know, my dad was very good at bringing the business home to the family. <laughs> and, you, and I think that's the same with all family businesses. Um, my dad had a very unusual life, and I love to talk about my dad more than I do myself. My dad grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, one of eight children in what I would term a real immigrant family. All his siblings were born in Russia and Poland uh, around the turn of the century, and my grandfather came over, and they were ranchers. They were meat packers back in Europe, and so they arrived at Ellis Island like all good immigrant families do, and he basically got off the boat and said, where do they have animals? I want to do what I know how to do, um, you know, ranching and meatpacking. And so they said, go out west. So he stopped off in Chicago. And, of course, they already had lots of meatpackers and lots of big companies. Eventually, they got off the train in the heart of uh, the Mormon community, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And here they are, a Jewish immigrant from Russia coming to Salt Lake. I think you can imagine what that might have looked like. But uh, so my dad grew up in this meatpacking family, and during the war, he was stationed out in San Francisco in the Presidio. He met my mother, and my mother was out visiting some relatives, and they went on a blind date, if you will. But the interesting story is that my mother talked my father, this guy basically with cowboy boots and you-know-what on them, to come back to New York and join their family in the interior decoration business. So give <laughs> you an idea. Cow, you know, a kind of a uh, salesperson. Interesting. But to prove himself, which, which I really find fascinating, uh, I call my dad a true Renaissance man. The family basically said, you need to go to Europe by yourself and go buy antiquities. And again, this is after the war. Go buy antiquities and then, of course, bring them back to New York so we can sell in our interior decorating store. So here's a guy from Utah, didn't speak any foreign languages, uh, went on the uh, United States, the ship, taught himself uh, German and taught himself French, and went over there for six months at a time buying antiques and sending them home. I think that's pretty much, uh, he was paying his dues in order to get into my mother's family. And uh, so he did that for a couple of years. And uh, in New York, he was very intrigued with what was going on around him. And he got into the home building business eventually became very successful. IBM had just moved their world headquarters to Armonk, New York, and he got a contract with IBM to build all the what I'll call junior executive homes out in the sticks. And in those days, I remember the number specifically, it was $39,900 is what he would sell a home for, and he would build these homes. And uh, he was quite successful in those days at that. But then suddenly, uh, this is in the 60s, uh, Kennedy had been assassinated and those, most of you were too young to know what it was like in those days. But uh, the economy turned really upside down in the East Coast. 
simultaneously, my mother was becoming quite ill at that time. And uh, in the true pioneering spirit that I've explained to you about my father, my mother said, I don't want to live the, the rest of my life in this cold climate. I want to be somewhere warm. So from my sister's graduation present, my father sent my sister and my mother to two places, Australia and Hawaii, to see where we were going to move our family for this new warm climate. Well, sight unseen, my mother came out here and said, Bill, this is the place we ought to move to. So it's a little bit like the Beverly Hillbillies. So we loaded up a Volkswagen van and we moved to Waikiki. And that's the story. We drove across country. My dad, sight unseen, and was willing to make what I call the sacrifice for my mother, sold the building business, and arrived in Hawaii, like I said, with every intention to retire. And here we are today. So that was the long-winded answer to uh, my dad always brought business home. We were always exposed to what was going on in the family and why the family made the decisions it did and we did. So business and the family situation was always around the dinner table. So when I returned back from school, I already had a pretty good dose of uh, what we were doing. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. This is Baron Gus, President and CEO of Ultras. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Baron Gus, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hawaii's largest human resources company, Ultras. With your father leading the family and also starting this new company, Ultras, can you tell us some of the lessons that he taught you along the way through your life? Oh, gosh. Too many lessons. I think they, uh, they all start uh, with the basic belief that uh, you do what you say you're going to do. My dad was always a proponent of when you commit to someone, you follow through. And uh, I had a great example in that, that my father always followed through for us as a father, as a mentor, and uh, did the right thing. Uh, Please be specific, and I will give you a wealth of information. What, <laughs> what business lesson did you learn from him that was really key, that when you did join him with Ultras, it was most effective for you to join him? Oh, goodness gracious. You guys ask great questions, and I don't have a great answer for that. Again, they, they all overwhelm me. Uh, as I mentioned, do what you say you're going to do. I think uh, a very interesting one that comes you guys will laugh and snicker at, but you never go broke from a little less profit. As long as you're making a little money, it's okay. So you mean like hit singles and doubles <laughs> instead of swinging for the fence? Um, 
I think that would be a very good metaphor and analogy for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you first took over the company from your father, did he ever come back in again, or did he just leave? Uh, actually, um, these are these are great topics. You know, because I'm very proud of the fact that I am a second generation business owner of this business. A little different. I didn't exactly take over as I was fortunate enough to grow the business with him. I was I was side by side with him for about 17 years in the business. As I mentioned, we started with just myself, he and a bookkeeper. And little by little, the business grew and we grew it together. Unfortunately, in 1995, he passed away. And I was, you know, left with quite a big task and a big charge ahead of me. But the, the, the good news is my dad really prepared me. My dad was a great communicator. He explained to me along the way why he chose to make decisions the way he did. Um, what's kind of fun for me is, especially, you, you always look back and you say to yourself, well, I question why I'm doing this and how I'm doing this. And so the thing you'd always do is you kind of look up into the sky or you look into your heart or you look into your soul and you say, how would have dad done this? Then I have to actually remind myself, dad never ran a $100 million company, so he might not have had the answer. But I can always rely ba back on the values and the judgment that he gave me. And, he, you know, he always shared you never want to overextend yourself to anything. The language he always used to use talking about people buying a home is you never want to be married to a mortgage. You always want the ability to, I guess, not, not constrain yourself, not hurt yourself, not just work yourself to death, if you will. Um, I know we're kind of going all around here, but he had some very good principles that he always followed, and, and um, I use those to this day, and I can't name them specifically, but I always look back to the way I was raised, how he handled decisions, how he dealt with complex situations, and it served me very well. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. This is Baron Gus, President and CEO of Ultras. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Baron Gus, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hawaii's largest human resource company, Ultras. A good number of our listeners have family-run businesses, maybe their second or third generation mm -hmm. going into it. What are some bits of advice that you can give them in handling disputes? Or in terms of, you know, you have one idea, you've got another mm -hmm. idea. How do you get through that as a father and son and business partner? Sure. Great question. 
little complex answer because we're talking about different relationships. Family businesses can be made up with many different dynamics. It can be a, a father and a, a child. It can be two children necessarily believing that they are partners or running the family business, or sometimes a parent has to recognize that one child may have the skill set over the other child to run the business. A lot of people have come to me over the years and asked, how did this work and why did this work? And one of the things I've noticed in a lot of family businesses is that the, the parent themselves, they forget to tell the child what they're thinking. They forget to tell the child why they do things. I think what happens is parents assume because this is my child, this is my offspring, they're supposed to think like me, be like me, a chip off the old block. And that doesn't necessarily happen. As a matter of fact, it can't possibly happen because the child didn't necessarily have the same upbringing, the same exposure to certain things. Um, the one thing I, I really would like to stress if your listeners came away with something, because I'm, I'm, I'm constantly uh, queried on this, is don't wait for things to work themselves out as a parent. It's very important that you make decisions. You communicate to your children why you're, while you're living, why you chose one child over another, why one of them maybe is better equipped. So many times I've seen the principal passes away and then you leave two children to fight who's going to run the business. Why did dad leave me this? Why did dad leave you that? Communicate with your children. Let them know specifically why you've made the choices. Um, it's going to be completely uncomfortable for you, but it's going to be a lot more comfortable for you than it will be for these children in the future when you're long gone to act as referee. Better to be a referee while you're living. Have you thought about succession to the next generation at all, and how are you handling that? Absolutely. Great question. Again, you know, I went to work with my dad, and it was he and I. It wasn't so much. I think it was a natural form of succession that was going on there. Uh, I have three children as well. I am very much a realist. I look at them today, and I look at each one of their qualities, and I try to decide exactly who would be best to run this business or uh, how would we groom them, groom them to do so. At this particular point in time, I really want my children to live their dreams, not necessarily mine. I think it's a great dream that children can take over a family business, and I think nothing would make me more proud than to see a third generation operating Ultras and growing it into the future. But everybody has a right to follow their own dreams, and, and as a result, I'm not going to be forcing mine uh, onto my children. I'm imagining I have two daughters and one son. Any one of them currently... Um, is able and capable if they choose. You also have to remind yourself that you may also have some son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws that might be just perfect for the job. But at this particular time, I'm thinking a lot about it, but I don't have the answer. So as soon as I get it, I'll come back and let you know. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, 
and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. This is Baron Gus, President and CEO of Ultras. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Baron Gus, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hawaii's largest human resource company, Ultras. Are you worried at all about the whole third generation family business thing where, you know, Stephen I.E. who came in said his dad used to always tell him shirt sleeve to shirt sleeve, you know, in and out. Third generation, don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about that at all? Well, you know, one of the things that when your business grows to a certain size, um, you surround yourself with great people. I can tell you without reservation that the people I have working for me, every one of them specifically is more capable and better equipped to handle their specific job than I am. The gift that I bring is I have the ability to aggregate the whole process at Ultras, bring it together and guide the organization. That being said, to bring, in a, to bring in your third generation and put them at the helm is really a disservice to those great people that you have currently in the organization that is growing it and building it. Um, the third generation would have to come in and develop equally the skill set necessary over time to run the organization. I am also a big proponent of organizations, if you can find the right leader, uh, sharing the organization with employees through programs like ESOPs and those kinds of things. You can still keep a family leader at the top, but it allows people to take a more equity position, and I believe organizations can grow that way as well. You know, Altris has a really long history of giving back to the community as something that they truly believe in. Is this something that your father developed or something that you both developed together? Uh, great question. Uh, my dad definitely led by example in that area. I remember at a young age, I saw him very involved in various community programs. The first one I remember, he was a board member on the John Howard Association, and which was appropriate and befitting. Uh, John Howard used to take uh, people that maybe were in the prison system and helped rehabilitate them and bring them into the working community. At, and at Ultras Labor Services, we'd help those people find their first jobs back into the community. Um, next, I saw him put a lot of energy and time into PAC, parents and children together. I remember the first time I was asked to be on a board. I spoke to my dad about it. He says, it's a great thing. It's time for you to do it. Uh, what you need to do is join the board, sit back and watch and see how things work and listen. Through an evolution of time, business people always get asked to be, you know, you want to you wanna be uh, 
but get things done, ask a busy person, right? You guys all familiar with that concept? At some point, you'll be asked to be on more boards than you can physically do a great job for. I think that's just a little bit of a, an evolution. At some point, you will find the causes. You will find the boards you choose to work on, and you'll want to make a difference. I was on a number of boards. I've always been one of those people, based on what we've talked about, I always do what I say I'm going to do. As a result, I would work relentlessly for each board, for each cause, for each initiative. I'm getting a little tired, just like everybody. So, But the point is, I've chosen specifically a few causes that I'm going to put my heart into and dedicate myself to long-term. Because what you also need in these boards is you need some institutional memory. You need consistency. You can't just put together a plan, a business plan, a mission statement, and expect somebody two years from now to know what it is and follow it through. You need a board that's been there for 10 years, 8 years, whatever it may be. So I personally have chosen the Academy of Pacific School as the board. I chair that board currently. Uh, we have a lot of initiatives that we're putting in place, reorganizing a campus redevelopment. And uh, I want to see some of those things through. And the only way that can happen is for me to lead it and be there for quite a while. How are you involving your employees and having them share in the philosophy of getting involved and um, giving back to the community? Um, we, we support a number of initiatives in the community. We have followed uh, on some of my father's uh, loves like PACT, and so we still participate in Kids Day, where my whole company rallies on the corner of Capilani Boulevard and Ward Avenue. We sell newspapers on behalf of PACT. We do a blood drive every quarter with Blood Bank of Hawaii. We have the blood mobile come down to Capilani. And not only do we have our own employees uh, participate, but we go out scouting the neighborhood and we try to bring employees from other businesses and we make our facility available for that as well. Um, currently, the most recent thing we've done is uh, in Hawaii, we have the uh, Extreme Home Makeover Program. And so Hawaii uh, Ultras has donated an extensive amount of labor to unload trucks and building materials for that project, as well as provide security for that. Our own employees as well have been volunteering over the last uh, months to provide aid to them as well. So I'm all for that, and I will continue to do that. It's a wonderful thing. Ultras, as a PEO company, has, I mean, what, thousands under payroll? As an employer of record, we have about 5,000 people we employ in the community. Do you ever go into that 5,000 people and try to see how you can get them involved, or is it primarily with the core, you know, the core staff at Ultras? Well, we, we do directly and indirectly. What um, We plan in the future to create the Ultras Foundation, and this will be a program where that base of employees as well as the client companies that use, utilize our services will be able to participate in this. I have a firm belief that small businesses want to participate in the community. They want to give. They just don't necessarily know how. And amazingly enough, people really aren't asked that much to participate. As you all know, a lot of people would help if they were just asked. So with the Ultras Foundation, we will develop a nucleus of our customer base and their employees, and not only will, be, will we be asking them to contribute, but we're going to be asking them to sit on the board of the foundation and help direct where those monies go into the community. 
Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.